sings that one, and all the young people from the co-op are singing along with it, so that's great. Very, very good. All right, let's take our Bibles tonight, open to the book of Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter, excuse me, Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter number 6, Ephesians chapter 6, and um, tonight we'll kind of be concluding our series as far as walking in wisdom in the home. Um, and we've kind of looked at this passage here a little bit. We were talking about the wife. Uh, we're talking about the husband, right? We looked at those two uh, in chapter 5 uh, from verses number 21, or excuse me, 22, all the way down to the end of the chapter of uh, verse number 33. So we looked first at the, the wife, and the wife is to walk in submission, right? This is, again, we're walking in wisdom in the home. The wife is to walk in submission. Uh, and then we saw the husband... Uh, the way that he is to walk, he is to walk in love toward his wife. Uh, so the husband is to walk in love to his wife. Uh, and again, these are all, uh, this is all the, uh, the evidence of what we would call being spirit-filled, right? As we saw in first, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 18, he says, but be filled with the Spirit, right? And then he begins to give the evidence of these things, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord, um, you know, submitting yourselves one to another, and then now going into the home uh, of this same area of being filled with the Spirit and walking in wisdom. And so uh, we looked at the wife submitting to the husband, uh, the husband loving your wife. And if you, if you missed either of those, I would encourage you to go back um, and listen to those. Uh, you can go back online uh, on Facebook or YouTube or Rumble or whatever Brother Shane puts it out there on. He's, there are so many things there. It's out there on. Um, and so, but it, it's great. In fact, uh, again, uh, I'm very thankful for technology. Uh, right after the service was over this morning, I got a text from uh, somebody in Montana, and they said, Pastor, we weren't able to make it to our church this morning because of some sickness, and so uh, we were able to live stream your services and really appreciate the message. So I, you never know who's watching, you know? I'm like, Montana, wow, that, that, was, that was great. So you never know who's watching. Um, but I do appreciate the, the technology that we have to be able to, to live stream, especially when uh, folks are sick and not able to be here and still kind of feel part of the services as well. But in Ephesians chapter 6, so this third aspect of walking in wisdom in the home is dealing with children, right? We mentioned that this morning. Um, and he begins in verse number 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. And I know this is like the first verse that we teach our children at home, right? I mean, before they can even say dada or mama, we're saying Ephesians 6, 1, right? Children, obey your parents. We're teaching them that verse, right? That's, for whatever reason, that's the first verse we've got to teach our children. But he goes on in verse number 2, Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So we're looking here tonight, children are to obey their parents, right? And all of those on the first couple rows said, amen, right? That's right, amen, all right? And uh, some of you tried to sneak off and get into the back rows there, but I can still see you. I see where you're at, you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but again, when, when you think about, um, obviously you look at the problems we're facing with, um, I, I don't think it's a shock to anybody, uh, that we're facing problems with children in our country. Where, where does the problem lie? 
Um, yes, we could say it, it lies, you know, with the generation of problem children, and, um, but I, I don't think we can just blame the kids. Um, if we're going to really put blame where it needs to be for what's happening in our society, especially in our homes with our children, I think it is due to parents. It's because of parents. Um, and uh, I, I want you to know tonight, I am, I'm not trying to make anybody mad, okay? Um, I don't want you to leave tonight mad at me, okay? Um, but I, I do want to, to help. I want to help your families, and I want to help my family. And there are things that I believe that the Bible teaches that um, we just, we're just not doing. We're just not doing it, and, and because of that, we see the problems that are taking place in our society today, okay? Um, and uh, and I, I think if we would just simply go back to what the Bible says, and we follow God's plan, we would not only have, again, much better marriages, if we've already talked, between the husband and wife, but we'd also have much better homes. We'd have children that, uh, that love mom and dad, children that respect mom and dad, children that love the Lord, right? Um, and I would hope tonight, um, I would hope if you have children, maybe children that are still in the home, doesn't matter if they're teenagers or young or maybe newborns or whatever it would be, but I hope that your desire would be to want to be the best parent that God has for your children. I hope that's, that's the message that, or I hope that's the desire that we would have. You said, hey, pastor, I thought you said this was going to be about children. Well, it is, but guess who is involved with children? Parents, right? Uh, again, we can't just lay it all at the children's feet, okay? Uh, the parents are involved in this, okay? Um, and so, uh, so again, I, I hope that you'll listen to what God tells us here uh, about parenting and about children, young people. I hope you'll listen to. Um, it doesn't matter if you're a teenager um, or a young person or, uh, you know, you're just starting to sit in church or whatever. Um, I hope that you'll listen to what God says. And again, as, as children, I believe, young people, um, if you have parents that know the Lord is their Savior, I believe that you have parents that want the very best for you. Um, and, and they want God to, to use you and to bless you uh, in, in your life. Um, but that only comes when we listen to what God says and we're obedient to what God says. Um, so um, if you leave mad at me tonight, I'm sorry. Um, I hope you get over it because <laughs> I, I don't want you to be, all right? Um, so let's, let's kind of break down this and kind of go through this a little bit. First of all, we find that children are to obey. Again, that's, that's very clear. Children Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. That's what he says in verse number one. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And here's the thing we have to understand in the home. Um, as we saw the wife submit to the husband, right? Uh, back up in verse number 22, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, right? Even though she submits... We understand that in the marriage, she has a place of equality in the home, right? Um, she is not less than the husband in the marriage. Um, the, the, the husband and the wife, they're equal. God has given the husband the responsibility of leading the home, and therefore the accountability lies on the husband, not on the wife. But 
in the home, there is, there is an equality here. The wife is no less than the husband. Um, she, ha- she has a say in things that go on. There should be input from both, right? But ultimately, it lies with the husband to make the final decision. The responsibility lies with him along with the accountability, right? The word obey here is a completely different word than the word that we find where this idea of submitting, right? It's a completely different word. The word obey is is obedience as a servant is to obey. Now again, please understand, I'm not saying children are servants. That's not what God, that's not why God has blessed you so you can have little servants running around the house doing all your bidding, okay? That's, That's not what we're talking about here. But the word obey is used in the same way as a servant is to obey. And please understand what I'm saying here. The children are not equal to the parents in the home. Now, again, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that children are less than the parents. That's not what I said. But in the home, in this home aspect, children are not equal to the parents. When decisions are made... It's not to be, well, let's find out what the kids think. It's not what it's supposed to be, right? It's not, well, you know, we'll see if, we'll see if the kids want to do this or whatever. No. Now, again, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to make, make you mad, but parents, you aren't there to be their, your children's best friend. You are there to be their parent. That's what God has just said. Children, obey your what? Parents. It does not say, children, obey your best friends. It says, children, obey your parents. Okay. Now, again, I'm not saying that you can't ask what they think about certain things. Of course you can, right? Hey, we're thinking about, you know, we're thinking about going to go on vacation. You know, here's some choices that we're thinking. Where would you guys like to go, right? Fine. N- not a problem there, okay? But if, you know, if you're saying, hey, mom and dad, we're, we're thinking about, you know, we're going to go on vacation. We want to take the family, you know, and we're going to go to the, to the Rocky Mountains, and that's what we've decided. And the kids start, well, I don't want to go to the Rocky Mountains. I want to go to the ocean, and I want to do this. And, I'll... and well, Oh, okay, well, because the kids say we got to go to the ocean, we can't go to the Rocky Mountains. We can't go to the Rocky Mountains now. I would have some choice words for my children. <laughs> right? So I'm not saying you can't, I'm not saying that we're not a- able to ask them what they think about certain things, okay? But they are not equal to the parents. I remember when we made the decision to come back to, to the United States and, and to become pastoring here. You know who I did not ask what they thought about it? I did not ask Megan, Megan, what do you think, you know, what do you think mom and dad should do? You think we should go back to American Pastor? You know, Addie, do you ever remember me sitting down with you kids and saying, what do you kids think about us going back to America? You know what? I don't care what they think. <laughs> you say, well, Pastor, that's, you're, you're supposed to be a family. No, I'm following God. 
God is the one that led me to come back to America, so it really doesn't matter what my children think. I talked to my wife about it, and we prayed about it, and we felt this is what God wants. I talked to other spiritual people about it, and we prayed about it, and we felt this is what God wants. You know what my kids need to do? Get on board. But the problem is, is that we have, in our country, we have made children to be equal with the parents. This is not what God intended. God did not intend children to be equal with parents, right? Um, not at all. And the problem in many homes, and I, please, please get this, the problem in many homes today is that we're more concerned about doing what the kids want than what God wants. That's, that's a problem in many Christian homes today. We're more concerned about what do the kids want than what does God want. Now, again, I'm not against sports or anything like that. I, I love playing sports. I love watching sports. Um, you know, I, hey, I'm a Chiefs fan. You know it, right? I'm not, I'm not going to deny it. I was, you know, I was rooting for the Chiefs during the Super Bowl. And, you know, I, I'm a sports fan. I, I, like, I like sports, right? But to allow my children to say, hey, sports are going to be more important than what God says is important ain't happening. I don't care how much I love sports or how much my kids love sports or things like this. If it comes more important to the things of God, then there are wrong priorities. And what we're saying is when we allow the children, when we allow our kids to make these decisions and things, we are saying you have just an equal right in this family as mom and dad do. And so, and actually really if we think about it, kids are controlling families. They're controlling them. Well, we can't, we can't come and do this. Why? Well, because little Susie doesn't want to. Tell little Susie to get in the car. Now, again, you, you, look, I, I love my kids, and I love all the kids in this church. Uh, I mean, I, I am so thankful for the families that we have and, and the children, the young people that we have. I'm so excited to see what God's doing in them. But we cannot be more concerned about what the kids want than what God wants. It has to be God first. This is why God says, children, obey your parents, not parents. Find out what your kids want and then do that. And this is where, again, the, the word obey here means to submit to. It means to comply with, to follow the direction or guidance of instructions. That means the children, children obey your parents. Children are to be complying to the parents, not the other way around. Children are to be following the instruction of the parents, not the other way around. Look, and, and I know I'm... I know I'm not saying that everybody is Christians, but go to the store and tell me that children are not running the families. You don't have to be in there very long before you find out that kids are running the families. And we're so afraid of offending little Susie or little Johnny. And I know we have a Johnny in here. Sorry about that. That's just... Why is Susie and Johnny like the the names that everybody uses. I don't know. I need to come up with a different name. There is no Susie in here, is there? I don't think there's a Susie. 
I need to come up with a, a different boy's name, you know? Um, Bruce. Any Bruce's? That just doesn't sound right. Bruce. Susie and Bruce. That's, that doesn't go well. That just doesn't go well. But we're more concerned about what they want. And the Bible is saying, look, children, obey your parents. You are to comply to what your parents tell you. You are to follow the instruction of your parents. But yet, again, you go into these stores and you find that, that the children are running everything, right? The children decide their schedules. The children decide what they're going to eat. The children decide where they're going to go, right? We have relinquished just as many times, and this is unfortunate, just as many times the husband or the father relinquishes his responsibility to the wife, and then the wife has to take control and try to leave. The parents have relinquished their responsibility to the children. We just say, well, we don't want to offend them. You're there to offend them. If you don't offend your children, you're not doing something right, right? If you don't... if. Again, please understand, I'm not talking about just being mean. That's not what we're talking about here. Where it's, he says, children, obey your parents. You know what happens when you follow the Bible and you try to teach your children the things that God says? They're not going to like it at first. They're not going to like it. They're, they don't want to obey. Look, you didn't either. Don't look at me like this is something new. You didn't want to obey your parents when you were younger either. That's the flesh. That's natural, right? My children don't want to obey. What? Preacher's kids don't obey? No! They are devils, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, yeah, don't turn me off up there, guys. <laughs> when your kids are working in the sound booth, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> Look, they're not going to like some things. But we're more concerned about their feelings than we are following God and being obedient to what God says. Now, again, please notice this, right? When a parent guides and directs their children, the children are to obey. That's what God says. Children, obey your parents, right? But now... Again, please notice how the child is to obey, right? He says, children, obey your parents, how? In the Lord. So again, just as the wife is to submit to her husband as unto the Lord, the husband is to love his wife as Christ loved the church. The children are to obey their parents as unto the Lord. They're to obey their, their parents in the Lord, Right? So again, there's, there's always boundaries that God has placed on this. Right, The boundary for the wife is, hey, you are to submit to your husband as unto the Lord. So as long as your husband does not ask of you or require of something that is not pleasing to the Lord, guess what? You're to submit to him. Husband, you are to love your wife as Christ loved the church. Right, There are boundaries that are placed. You're to love your wife, nobody else. Right? Children, you're to obey your parents in the Lord. So as long as your parents are not asking you to do something that goes against God, then God expects you to obey. Now, again, letting a child determine <laughs> what is pleasing to the Lord and not is not for them to determine. 
<laughs> right? Well, I just don't want to do that. I don't care. We're following what God says here, right? Because children have a, a way of making sure that, you know, we just, uh, we don't really need to do that, do we? You know, they have a way of, of trying to, you know, skirt the rules and skirt the system and everything, right? Look, kids are kids. Again, don't look at me like I've never, you know, you've never done this before. I guarantee you, if we were to talk to your parents, you that are looking at me right now, if we were to talk to your parents, they could give me lists of ways how you tried to get around the rules. It's just natural, right? But he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. May I say tonight, the only way to teach a child to obey is to teach them what God expects of them. Just saying, you do this because I said so, isn't teaching them. Well, they're supposed to comply. They're spo- Wait a minute. He says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. That means you're supposed to be teaching them. You're supposed to be instructing them. Okay? Help them to understand why. Show them why they are to obey. Show them what God expects of them. Hey, the reason why that you're not going to do this is because mom and dad don't think this is right. It doesn't, it's not something that's pleasing to God, and we want to make sure that we're obeying God in these things, and so this is why we're not going to do this. We say, well, what if they don't like it? Who cares? If they don't like it, they're just showing their rebellious heart against God. Again, it's not so much against you. If you're teaching them right and showing them this is what God wants and this is what God says, they're simply showing their rebellion against God. Right? And that's why it's so important to teach them what God expects of them. You teach them at a young age, right, so that they can, and when they obey, you, you encourage them and show them that this is what God wants, right? A parent doesn't have the right to demand a child to do something that is against God. Now, unfortunately, many do, and it's wrong, right? We should never demand children to do something that would go against God. But as a parent is teaching the child to obey, they're to do it knowing that this is what God expects of them. And again, notice how simple Paul makes it, for this is right. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Let me ask you a question. Young people, right? I know that you guys on the first two rows, you guys get picked on a lot, right? But that's what happens for sitting up here on the first two rows, okay? There's some over here too, right? I see you guys. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Right. Why is it right? Why is it right? He says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Why is it right? What? Can you say that a little bit louder? A little bit louder. I want everybody to hear it. There's the reason. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Why is it right? Because God said so. God said to do it, right? Just like God said the wife is to submit to her husband, just like God said the husband is to love his wife as Christ loved the church, God says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. 
This is what God says. And if we're going to be obedient to God, if we're going to follow God in this area, in this manner, we must be obedient to our parents. We're obeying our parents in the Lord, right? Again, which means that if this is right to obey, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right, then when we don't obey, guess what it is? What? Wrong. It's wrong. Why? Because it goes against what God said. It's right to obey. It's wrong to disobey. Why? Because that's what God says. It's not hard to teach them what God says. It's not hard to explain to them, this is why mom and dad expect of you to obey. This is why you're supposed to do this, because this is how God has said it's to be. Just like, hey, just like mom, mom has to submit to dad. Mom has to submit to his leadership and his authority. Why? Because God said to. Just as dad has to love the wife as, as Christ loved the church. Why? Because God said to. See, we are being obedient to God in these areas as well. And we want you to be obedient to God in this area in obeying God by obeying mom and dad. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Children are to obey. Number two. Uh, by the way, before we go to number two, if you look at what Paul says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 20, he says, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. He doesn't just say, for this is right. He said, it's well-pleasing unto the Lord. Okay? Um, can you guys tell me who would be the greatest example of a child that obeyed? Jesus. Do you guys realize that Jesus is not asking you to do something that he did not do himself? Jesus obeyed Mary and Joseph. Until he became a grown adult, a grown man, he was willing to obey, even though he was God. Even though Jesus was God himself, he was the creator of the universe. When he took on flesh and blood and he was born in, in that manger and Joseph and Mary became uh, the, the, the parents, Mary was the earthly mother and Joseph is going to help to raise him, he obeyed them. You see, he's not telling you to do something that he did not do himself. He's the greatest example of that, right? So children are to obey. Number two, children are to honor. He says in verse number two, honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, right? If you hold your place here, go back to the book of Exodus with me. Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. Notice what he says. This is what he's referring to when he says, honor thy father and mother, right? He goes back to Exodus chapter 20, verse number 12. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Right? God says, young people, you are to honor your parents. Now, here's the thing we have to understand a little bit. The word honor, the word honor is a little bit different than the word obey, the word obey means that I am complying, I'm following the instructions, right? But honor means to esteem, it means to respect. It means to value it, it means it's very precious, right? So not only are children to obey, but they are to honor. They are to respect 
their parents, right? Honor thy father and thy mother, right? So young people, it's not just that God says obey your parents. He says honor your parents. Honor your parents, okay? Now let me ask you this, young people. Young people, not, not you old people. You old people, we're not talking to you right now, right? <laughs> right? You young people, let me ask you a question. Can a child obey, now again, just think about what the word obey means, to comply, to follow instructions, okay? Can a child obey without honoring their parents? Sure they can, right? Yeah. You can obey without honoring your parents. And I guarantee you, every one of you have done that before. And I, I'll let you in on a little secret. So did your parents. You know what it means to obey without honoring? Anybody want to give me an example? What would it mean to obey without honoring? It means I've obeyed, I complied, I followed the instructions, but I didn't honor them, I didn't respect them, I didn't... Yes, ma'am. Ah, to do what they say, but to have a bad attitude about it, right? So, man, you're, you're sitting in there, you know... You're in the room, living room, wherever it is, and you're playing the video game, right? I mean, you're, you're winning. You know, maybe it's a race, and you're in the, in the lead, you know, and the world is just going to fall apart if you don't win this race, you know? I mean, everything is just going to go if you don't win this race, right? And you're, you're in the lead, and mom yells from the kitchen, hey, can you, somebody come in here? I need, their, I need your help. And you're just like, mom says, hey, I need somebody to come in here. I need your help. Levi, get in here. I need your help. I'm coming, Mom. <laughs> Levi, I'm coming, Mom. That was this afternoon, by the way. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was not this afternoon. Now, he obeyed. He finally came, right? He complied. He followed. He, he obeyed. He finally got in there. But did he honor? No. Or dad says, hey, I want you guys to clean out the garage. I did that last week, dad. Yeah, well, it's dirty again. I'll clean out the garage. Go in the garage, look around, kick some things around. I'll clean it out. Get a broom down. I'll clean out the garage. Push some stuff around. Dad comes home later. Did you clean out the garage? Yeah. You do a good job? Yeah. How come that stuff's still in the corner? Well, you didn't say to the corner. You say, Pastor, man, how do you know so much about us? Because I was you. <laughs> and my dad can testify to that. <laughs> 
You see, it might have been a little bit of obedience, but it wasn't honoring. And God's not pleased with that. And that's why he says, honor thy father and thy mother, right? Again, it's not, it's not just doing what we're told, but honoring them, okay? And by the way, the honoring of the parents is not just to children that are still at home, but to everyone who is a child, right? If you still have parents that are living, then you, you have parents living, right? You're a child, okay? And we are to honor those, right? Even when we're out of the home, there should be a respect. There should be a reverence there. Now, again, I understand that we've made a separate home and parents are not in charge of our home and things like that, but there still should be honor there. There still should be that honor that takes place between children and parents. And too often, the response to parents is not one of honor, but it's talking back, back-talking, speaking disrespectfully, ignoring your parents, maybe cutting the parents off when they're trying to talk, not listening, grumbling. I know you guys have never done any of those things here, right? Never. Because you kids are First Baptist Church kids. (laughs) Boy, could we sell that, hmm? But he says we're to honor, right? We're to honor our parents. Think about what Proverbs 20, verse number 20 says. He says, Whoso curseth his father or his mother, his lamp shall be put out in obscure darkness. The word curse doesn't mean to like curse them like with words. The word curse means to lightly esteem. So think about what he's saying here. Whoso curseth his father or mother... That, that one that doesn't really esteem, they're, they're not honoring, they're disrespectful. God says, that's not a wise child. That's not one that honors the Lord. In Proverbs chapter 30, verse number 17, it says, The eye that mocketh at his father and despiseth to obey his mother. You guys have never rolled your eyes at your parents, have you? Right? They tell you to do something. Whatever. Never done that? You're lying. You guys are lying. Yeah, point the fingers at everybody else, right? Yeah. Oh, we've all done that, right? God says that's not good either. The eye that mocketh at his father and despiseth to obey his mother. This is kind of gross here, but it says the ravens of the valley shall pick it out and the young eagles shall eat it. That's pretty serious, don't you think? God says you're going to roll your eyes at your parents. Now, don't. Don't be afraid to go out at night and be like, oh, the birds are going to pluck my eyeballs out, you know. He's just showing the severity of it, right? How serious this is. It's important that we honor them. When a child obeys and honors his or her parents, then God blesses that child. That child will be blessed by God. By the way, not only is that child blessed, but the parents are blessed. The parents are blessed. Other people that know them are blessed because they're able to see a a young person, they're able to see a child that that loves God and by loving God is loving his parents and honoring their parents, right? That's what, can I tell you, that's what the world needs to see. The world needs to see young people who love God and because they love God, they're going to obey God. They're going to obey their parents. They're going to honor their father and mother. Why? Because mom and dad said to? No. Because the preacher said to? No. Why? 
Because God said to. That's why I want to do it. Because God said to, right? So we find, number one, children are to obey. Number two, children are to honor. Number three, parents. We're back to the parents again. <laughs> Look at what he says in verse number four. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Now he speaks specifically to fathers here. He uses that word, and he says, and ye fathers, right, speaking specifically to fathers as they are the ones responsible as the head of the home, right? He's, he's talking to the father. You're the one responsible, fathers. You're responsible here, right? But <laughs> we know that the mother has just as much input raising the children, if not probably more than fathers do. Right? Many times the children are at home with the mother when the father is maybe working or out. And I would say the majority of the time, children spend more time with their mother than they do their father. It's not a bad thing, right? But fathers, we have to understand, we have to remember, God has not given the responsibility to the mothers. The responsibility is given to the fathers. Now again, in this marriage and in parenting, there is equality, Right? The mother can have an input in, in things with the children, but the responsibility lies with the father. That's where it lies. It's, it's on our doorstep, guys, because we are the head of the home, right? In marriage and in the family with parenting, okay? So he's speaking specifically to fathers, but again, there is, a, there is both the father and the mother in this because of the parents uh, being included in this, right? And he says, provoke not your children to wrath. The word provoke means to arouse to anger, to arouse them to anger or wrath, to provoke them to the point of resentment. So how do parents provoke their children to wrath? How do they arouse them to wrath or to anger, right? How do, how do parents provoke their children to wrath because he specifically says don't do this so if he's specific and saying don't do this then we have to understand what it means to do it right fathers provoke not your children to wrath so how do how do parents provoke their children to wrath well i think there's really kind of two ways it can either be over controlled parenting or under controlled parenting Overcontrolled parenting is, is, is uh, I, what is the, I think there's a phrase now, helicopter parents, right? I mean, the parents, the kids can't do anything. I mean, they, they're just, they're so controlled, right? And by the way, there does need to be some control in the home, right? Your children just shouldn't be running anywhere and everywhere, everywhere without the parents knowing what's going on. But we have to be careful that we allow them even to make choices in life that, we may understand that this isn't going to work out well, but hey, this is a choice they're going to make, and they're going to have to figure out that this is not going to turn out well for them, right? We can't make choices in life for them. They've got to learn, too. So there's the over-controlling, but then there's also the under-controlling where a parent's not even involved. Just, well, whatever you guys want to do, you know, you're seven. You can make up your own mind. What? Seven? You're going to make up your own mind? Is that not what's happening in our society today? You're seven. You can decide if you're a boy or a girl. What? No, you can't. God already decided that. Can't change it. 
You can try, but you can't change it, right? God's already made that decision. We, we've, we cannot be under controlling where we just let them do anything and everything. Well, you know, I just want them to gain experience. No, you're setting them up to failure, right? There has to be some control. There has to be a balance there, right? Now, again, I understand every home is different, okay? But we have to understand the more that the, if we are not careful, we can provoke them to wrath. We can provoke them to anger, okay? And I would say another Especially in, in a Christian home, another area that causes a parent to provoke a child to the wrath is an inconsistent life. We call that hypocrisy. You come to church, right? Everything's great, you know. We love God. Our family, you know, our family's just amazing. We love God and 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 you know, it's just we just we just had the most wonderful week. It was such a it was such a spiritual week. And I mean, I'm telling you, God just did some amazing things. And your kids are like, What? What are you talking about? I mean, before we just got out of the car and got into the church, you were yelling at all three of us. What what are you talking about that you love God and God just done some amazing things, right? I mean, what are you do you Parents, do you understand? Children see the hypocrisy in our lives. Now, please understand, I under, there is no perfect parent, and I'm not setting myself up as a perfect parent. I, I know my kids have seen it, and probably more than anybody else, because I'm the pastor, and I get up here and preach every Sunday. But they see the inconsistencies in life. And if we're not careful, if we're not going to be willing to be the same on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday... We are provoking them to wrath because we're, we're basically saying, hey, it's all right to put on a facade. It's all right to fake it. You don't have to really mean it. Just fake it while you're around everybody else. Well, you know what your kids are going to do? The very same thing. They're going to fake it while they're around you. If, all, if, that, if that's all it is, just fake it until, you know, until I get every, what I want. You know, hey, I'll just fake it around mom and dad. I'll just fake it around everybody. And what happens, then when they get in trouble for it, well, why, why did I get in trouble? You do the same thing that I do. And we can provoke our children. And this is why he says, fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. Look, if we really want to help them to understand why they're to obey and why these rules are here, we need to sit down and explain it to them. Why would we... You know, if we haven't, we haven't explained it to them, we haven't walked it through with them, and then when they break a rule, they get in trouble. Well, why? why? What did I do wrong? Well, I told you not to do that. But you didn't explain why. And look, I understand there are going to be some times where you can just say, hey, you're just going to have to trust me. I said, don't do this. Right? There's been times when my kids have come and said, Dad, we want to do this. And I said, no, you're not going to do it. Why? You're just going to have to trust me on this one. I'm not going to let you do it. But there are many times they'll say, Dad, why? And I'll say, well, this is the reason why. This is, this is not right. I don't think this is going to be a good thing here. And, and this is what God says. And so we're just we're not going to do that. We're going to look at what the Bible says. We're just not going to do it. We've got to be consistent in our lives. As parents, there's got to be consistency, right? Because if not, we're, we're setting them up for wrath. We're setting them up to turn against God. And God wants these children to be used for him, right? So parents, don't provoke your children to the wrath. And then notice the last thing he says here in verse number four, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And again, we could probably go for a whole month just on these verses here, but 
that, that's not our whole point in this. Parents are to nurture their children. So he says, don't provoke them to wrath, but he says, nurture them. Nurture them. Bring them up in the admonition of the Lord. The word nurture means the whole training and education of children. You understand that? The word nurture means to train them. To train them, right? If you're going to train them, you have to, ex- you have to explain why, right? And then if you're going to train them, you know what that means? You've got to be consistent. You've got to do it over and 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 over until finally like, oh, I get it now. This is what I'm supposed to do. You say, well, they didn't do it the first five times. Then teach it to them again. And you teach it to them again. And you teach it to them again. They say, well, they still haven't got it. This is the 20th time. Well, you teach it to them again. And you teach it to them again. It's that whole idea of teaching, right? You're you're nurturing them. You're training them. You're teaching them, right? This is is what it is. It's the the education of children, right? When they go into a school and, and the teacher says, all right, one plus one is two. And they get to the test and they put one plus one is seven. Does the teacher go, ah, get out of my class. I'm done with you. No. They go back and they say, okay, now let's, let's walk through this again. One plus one does not equal seven. You see how that's different? Seven is different than two. I don't get it. Two, seven. One plus one is two, not seven. So what is one plus one? Three. No, no, right? And what do you do? You teach them again. And they're going to get it wrong. And they're going to get it wrong. And they're going to get it wrong. But you keep teaching them and you keep teaching them and you keep. That's what it means to nurture them. It's not saying, okay, this is the rules. You better obey them. And the first time, oh, you. Now, wait a minute. No, we're teaching we're instructing, we're educating them in the things of God. Of course they're not going to get it the first time or the second time or the fifth time. Do we want to ask how long it took you to get it? We're teaching, we're training, we're instructing. And this is why it takes patience, right? We're patient with them, okay? But then he says, and bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, right? There's a difference between here. Admonition means counsel. It means exhortation and correction. So we're teaching them why these things are the way God wants them to be. We're teaching them this is what God has said. And then when they finally grasp it, they're like, oh, I I get it now. Oh, I, I understand. And then when we know that they've gotten it and then they mess up again, what do we do? We continue teaching them, but now there may have to be some correction there. Why? Because we know they understood. We know that they understood. They got it. They figured it out. They're like, oh, yeah, one plus one really does equal one, right? But I'm just going to put seven because I want to put seven. Yeah, well, you've just failed. Well, I really do know that it's two. Well, you put seven, so you failed. You see, there is going to be some correction there, right? 
because they know what is right. We've been teaching them. They've been learning. They've, they're grasping it, right? But then they just choose to go ahead and do it deliberately. Well, then there's going to have to be some correction, right? That's what that admonition is. There, there's counsel. There's exhortation. But again, when, we, when there is correction, what are we doing? We're sitting down and explaining, okay, now you knew this was wrong. You knew that one plus one does not equal seven, but you chose to put seven anyway. You know it equals two. Yeah, of course I do. I mean, who doesn't know that one plus one equals two? Well, but you put seven. I know. I was just being stupid, Dad. Yep, you were. But you know what? That's going to cost you. It's going to cost, right? So what am I doing? I'm still counseling. I'm still working with them but I'm helping them to see you still just can't do whatever you want to do. There's going to be some exhortation here. This is why you're going to be, this is why you're getting the grade that you got. You chose to do what you want to do. This is why you're getting the punishment that you're getting. You know that you knew what mom and dad have taught you. You know that lying is wrong. We've taught you that and you know, it's wrong. Yeah, I know it's wrong. You chose to lie anyway, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Okay. Now, again, we're still, we're still enforcing that principle. We're still teaching, but now there's going to have to come some correction along with this as well. Now there's going to have to be some punishment for lying. Why? Because you're reinforcing that principle. This is what God says, and now that you've understood it, there's going to be some correction involved. You see, we automatically, when somebody does wrong, we just automatically want to go to the correction and the discipline. No, no, that's... Can I tell you, I'm glad that's not the way God works with us, right? Cain brings an offering that's of the fruit of the ground. Did God automatically just say, done with Cain? How dare you? How dare you bring an offering that I said not to bring? No, God didn't do that. Cain noticed that God wouldn't accept it. Cain gets all huffy and puffy and mad about it, and God says, hold on a second, Cain. Wait a minute. Hold on. You know what's expected. You know what's expected. And Cain, if you will bring what is right, I'll accept it. What's he doing? He didn't just immediately punish him. No. He is still bringing, he's still trying to nurture Cain. He's still trying to help him. He's giving instruction. What'd Cain say? I don't care, God. I'll bring what I want to bring. Okay, Cain, but you know if you do that, there's going to be consequences. I don't care, God. Okay. Then I cannot accept your sacrifice. You see, it wasn't an immediate judgment. It wasn't an immediate punishment. No, no. God was trying to help him see what he had done was wrong and try to bring him to, what, to do what was right. But he simply chose not to. And that's what God is desiring for parents. We're to try to teach them and, and help them and bring them along to see, hey, this is why we want you to do this. And this is why God says, God says, don't lie. And, and God says, don't steal. And God says, don't do these things. And as the children begin to understand, oh, I get it. This is what God says. And I shouldn't do this. And then they do it. We don't just immediately punish them. No, we still go back through. Now, wait a minute. You know that's not right. You know that's not what God said. We don't want to do that. We're not going to lie. We're not going to steal. We're not going to do these things. Yeah, I know. I forgot. All right. Well, let's try this again. And then, but they do it again. All right. Now there's going to have to be some consequences. You understand? We're, we're teaching them. 
We're, we're, we're trying to nurture them. This is what parenting is. It's not just trying to be their buddy and be their best friend and say, well, you know, it's all right, no big deal. You know, eventually you'll learn. Friend, look at our society. They didn't learn. Look at what happens when you just let children do whatever they want to do. Now we have grown-ups doing whatever they want to do. Why? Because we didn't teach them when they were children what God says. And so he says to children, obey your parents in the Lord. Why? For this is right. That's what God says. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, right? We're to obey our parents. We're to honor them. That's what God says to do, right? The parents, God also gives instruction to the parents. Don't provoke them, right? Don't put unnecessary expectations on them, right? What? You haven't read the whole Bible today? How dare you? Really? Did you read the whole Bible today? (laughs) We can't put unnecessary expectations on them, right? But we do want to nurture them and to bring them up in the admonition of the Lord. Why? Because we want children to grow up to become adults, young people, adults that love the Lord. That love God and want to be obedient to God so that they will then in turn do what? They will teach the same thing to their children, your grandchildren, who will then in turn teach their children. And we can have generation after generation after generation of families that love God. Why? Because the wife is willing to submit to the husband as unto the Lord. The husband is loving the wife as Christ loved the church. And the children are obeying their parents in the Lord for this is right. This is walking in wisdom. This is what God is saying. This is the evidence of a family that is spirit-filled. That ought to be our desire as Christians. As parents, as husbands, wives, as children... We would want to walk in obedience to what God says. Be, therefore, followers of God as dear children. That's what God's desire, that we would follow him in what he wants for us. Father, I pray you'd help us, Lord, just in these areas in our homes. Lord, whether it's just a husband and wife, Lord, that we would have a a marriage that is pleasing and honoring to you. Lord, a wife that's willing to submit to the to the leadership of her husband, the husband that would love his wife as Christ loved the church. Love it, Lord, if if we can have those two, Lord, what what an amazing marriage those people will have. And then, Lord, if you bless with children, we would help these children to love you as well and to teach them to obey you. By obeying you, they will obey their parents and honor their parents. Lord, help us as parents to realize the responsibility you've given to us. These these children, they're, they're not ours, they're yours. Lord, we want to, we want to be responsible in raising them to love you, to honor you. And Father, I pray you to help us in this area. Lord, how vital it is that parents teach their children to love you. We teach them the word of God. Lord, as teaching them to love you and teaching them to love your word, that will in turn help them to see that they need to obey their parents and honor them and love them. 
be the young people that God would have them to be, to be an example to other young people around, Lord, to grow up to love you and to serve you with their lives. And so, Father, I pray you'd help us in this, in each of these aspects, Lord. Lord, would you help us? With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, we're not going to stand tonight. But as the pianist just begins to play softly this evening, maybe there's an